Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, September 29th, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 52, paragraphs 2 and 3, no, 1 and 2. Today's readers are Sally A. on the 12 steps, Rocky I. on the tradition, Jody E.Q., Stephanie L., and Sherry K.B. The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Thursday, September 29th, is 10485. That's 10,485. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, that's Friday, September 29th at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 10487. That's 10,487. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sally A. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Elaine. Good morning. Good morning, visionaries. This is Sally A., a recovering compulsive overeater in New York. 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles 
in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally A. Rocky I, will you please read the 12 traditions? <clears throat> Certainly. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. All right, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon you or unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, financed, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, uh, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such and never be organized, so we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name and never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relationships, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky. I. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 152 paragraphs one and two, starting with, we have now shown how and ending with, and so will you. I will ask Joby E.Q. to begin reading. Thank you, Elaine B. This is Jody E.Q., a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in California. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing, But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, 
but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. So these are promises, promises that the writer of this book and the people who have recovered are giving us if we follow the guidelines in this book. I can relate to uh, the person who says, yes, I am willing, but is my, what's my life going to be like without my alcoholic foods? I can remember thinking just that when it was first suggested to me that I get off of my alcoholic foods. It seemed like an impossibility. I didn't even want to consider it. I wasn't ready. I hadn't had enough yet. But eventually my disease progressed in, even within the rooms of OA. Uh, I, had to go, I had to go farther down the scale. But eventually I realized I absolutely must get off of my alcoholic foods or I will just keep going down and down and down. And if I want to recover, I must get off of them. I became willing. And yes, my experience indeed uh, is that these promises do come true. When I get off my alcoholic foods, my life opens up. When I work these 12 steps, my imagination is fired. Life does mean something at last. I feel that I am a channel of God uh, and that I can really help others in significant ways, both within OA and outside of OA today. And for that, I am so grateful because I did feel that I, I, I didn't know why I was living. I felt uh, I was pretty much suicidal just before I got to OA. And my life was going down down, down, depression, depression. My relationships were not good. I felt that nobody liked me. I was very self-centered. It was all about me. And today I know that I'm, I'm here to be a servant of my higher power. And I offer myself to God on a daily basis, and God uses me, both within a way and without. And what a wonderful feeling that is. To, to be useful. It is a wonderful feeling. And we can all find it. All we have to do is abstain from our alcoholic foods and work these steps. And you too can experience these promises. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Jody EQ. Who would like to comment on what Jody read today? Press star one to unmute. Reggie O. Carrie A. Um, 
I heard Lori T, is that right? And Terry H, I got you and Reggie O. Was it Carrie T? <clears throat> Who else Penny, would like to see? Penny C? Penny Elsie. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. There was, some, was there somebody who had a last initial T? Or P? Okay, who'd like to comment? Who else would like to comment on the first and second paragraphs on page 152 today? Chris G, Northern Nevada. Okay, Chris G. Okay, let's start with that. We've got Reggie O, Terry H, Penny Elsie, and Chris G. Reggie O, please go ahead. Hi, thank you, Elaine, and thanks for your service this morning <clears throat> and for everybody who is on the phone. Um, Reggie O gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And boy, you know, I can so relate to, to those two paragraphs. I, I remember when I was turning the corner and coming into <clears throat> OA many years ago, and that was what I thought. I thought, you know, if I give up if I give up this food, you know, and and do the basically if I give up my food and eat in a different way, uh, I would be boring. That was it, you know, I would be boring, life would be dull. <clears throat> and you know, I found um, I found uh, over time that it was the exact opposite, and my life really took off in every area. And uh, and you know, as I've said here before, and I let that go. I didn't, you know, somehow didn't know I had to keep working the steps. And the goodness of my life and program took me away from the goodness of my program. And I found my way back, and um, I found my way back really here last um, last August, uh, early August, a year ago. And, you know, this week I've had such a, and before that, I'll just say what I was going to say, you know, the fellowship is, is really, truly amazing. Um, the fellowship and Alcoholic Anonymous that is based on the working of these 12 steps and these spiritual principles. And that really does, is, um, as Jody said, you know, puts us in a way to be of maximum service and coming to, you know, find and feel and experience the the, the joy in that, you know, the real joy and life satisfaction in that, you know, there's really nothing like it. This week was the, um, this week was one of the busiest weeks I remember having in a long time. And that was the good news, you know, and I was filled with things I was, you know, doing with my work and creating and, you know, just taking a lot of time. And in the midst of all of that, I had a uh, tragedy in my family. My, uh, a young nephew was, um, uh, I was killed tragically, and I found this out one uh, one hour before something or a time when I had to be in front of a group of people. And you know, and I and now I'm looking at today. This is you know beyond that day. This is beyond two things I've had to do and one tomorrow. And um, and it's I'm amazed at how I have been able to move through this week. Yesterday, I was so exhausted before I went to do a piece of work that I didn't, I could not imagine doing it. And I called, I called a, I called a fellow, and you know, it was exactly what I needed to do. And I got, I got there. It was with a group of people, and uh, and I was able to be there and give. And it was the last of a series I was doing with them, and I think it was the best. I really gave it over to God, and uh, I had all the energy and everything I needed, and. Uh, and then I got home and had somewhat, you know, had a conversation with someone I was taking through the steps after I had a nap. It's, you know, totally miraculous. Um, just 
yeah, it is. It is a miracle, and these promises are true, and they do come true uh, for anyone. I really believe who is willing to surrender and uh, and and do you know come into the program and and work these steps and these principles. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. Terry H, you're up next, followed by Penny L C. Hi everyone, this is Terry H, recovered compulsive reader from North Carolina. Very grateful today. Thanks. Um, have you a sufficient substitute? Um, to me, um, today in my life, yes. I, I definitely can answer yes to this. Um, a sufficient substitute. Yes, it's the OA fellowship. It's life itself. And, you know, it's my higher power. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine living life um, without um, my eating disorder. You know, I am a recovered compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic. And all of that, you know, was what I used to deal with life in my disease. And, you know, I couldn't handle life on life's terms. And so, you know, working through these steps and having that spiritual experience opened up, you know, a whole new world for me. And, you know, with my higher power, you know, I'm able to experience those things in life today. You know, I'm having some challenges with some relationships right now, but I'm also enjoying my work, enjoying other relationships and new relationships. And, you know, these are things that I would have never been able to do in my disease um, as, a, you know, going into the foods and isolating and withdrawing and just battling constantly and running away. And I'm just so grateful for this today. You know, life will mean something at last. Life is meaning something at last for me. You know, I'm able to have connections with people. Um, My higher power, you know, having conversations with my higher power, being open, being vulnerable, seeing, you know, other people hurt, seeing other people laugh, um, having those same feelings within myself, um, you know, choosing to do things differently that's not harmful to myself and other people and you know when I do mess up because I do I say the wrong things I do the wrong things sometimes but you know I have my program and I have the tools to work to work through that so that I can clear those blocks between me and my higher power so that I can enjoy life you know and and life means something at last for me And, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. One of the things at the convention that I really enjoyed and had a great time doing is spending time with people in my own face-to-face meetings, in my own fellowship, my own OA fellowship, and getting to know them, as well as getting to know other people that are like me and, you know, not running away and hiding. And that is what this has given me. And that is what, you know, working each day, and expanding my spiritual experience with my higher power and and practicing the principles and being vulnerable and taking chances and risks has given me that today in my recovery, and I'm very grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Penny L.C., you're up next, followed by Chris G. Good morning, Elaine, and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And when I look at this paragraph, 
I see that, you know, the person concerned is they're dealing with the fear, the fear of the unknown. You know, if you take away what I have, what will I have? You know, this is all I knew. I only knew food as my comfort. Where will I find my comfort? You know, I can remember those feelings, um, the fear that, that was gripping me around that. The other part of that, though, was what was I getting from that way of life? I was getting depression, pain, misery. You know, there had to be something beyond that. Um, Someone just cleared their throat, just to mention. Um, And instead, you know, what am I, instead of those, you know, binges at potlucks and all-you-can-eat buffets and, that's conviviality. Um, no, that's not. That's not. That not really. Because I'll, what I'd have to do is put on a plastic face, just to be in the company of other people. Because really, inside, I was so, um, you know, uh, gee, I just didn't like myself at all. You know, and today, instead, in this freedom that I have. It's much more than a substitute. It's a whole new life. It's a it's a it's just being able to live with a purpose. You know, the purpose of being able to do meaningful things in my life. You know, to be able to be of service to others within this fellowship and without, as was said before. And whenever I I just, I love those special moments of connecting one-on-one with someone. And in program, it's it's a way to help them find their freedom. And when, when they get those moments of awareness and I'm able to share with them and experience that, there's nothing better than that, knowing that I'm helping them find their freedom along the way. I'm blessed every moment that happens. And then outside of program, I, I'm joyful and I enjoy life and I can smile and I can be present in the world and I, and I can just be kind and loving as we talk about. You know, that's just a whole new way of life that's just so satisfying. I would not trade one for the other. But um, I am grateful because if it took what it took to get me here, I'm okay with that. And today, I thank God for my recovery, and I thank all of you for being part of it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry H. Penny L.C. Oh, wait a minute. That, no, that was Penny L.C. Hi, I'm Chrissy G. Here. Hi. Thank this you. Is Chris G. Chris I'm G. a Thanks. grateful, compulsive overeater. Can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Great. I'm not used to the phone things, you guys, because I'm normally on the recording that you guys do at 4 a.m. my time, so um, forgive me if I screw up here. Um, I am cracking up. I love these two paragraphs. Okay. Um, We have shown how we got out from under, yes, I'm willing, but am I I to be consigned? Now, consigned is not a word. I, I love the big book because consigned is not a word we would really use very often. And I'm like, okay, what do they mean by that? So I'm cracking up. 
to hand over or deliver formally or officially commit to transfer to another's custody or charge. So I got to say, and I'm not really sure if it was my disease talking, like if you quit eating all of those things, you're going to be boring. Nobody's going to like you anymore. You're not going to be fun, just like it says in here. Um, Stupid was never one that came up for me because, you know, it would give me pride to be eating properly for the three minutes I could do so. Um, So I'm cracking up at this because I went to the convention and glum, any of us being called glum is like the biggest joke I've ever heard because it's hysterical, but I, I, so I, I keep going back and it doesn't really matter if it was my disease or not, because thank you, God, more please. I have um, quite a bit of abstinence and vision has changed what that abstinence is and means for me, thank goodness. Um, and the substitute, it's, it's not a substitute, it's the real thing. You know, relationships with people and God is the real thing. The food was the lousy substitute. However, it's an extremely enticing one. So a lot of us and a lot of other people fall into it. And um, I, you know, I was raised in Southern California by you guys. I got in, thank God, very young. But um, moving to Northern Nevada, there's not nearly as prevalent as a program. So I was, thank God, exposed to you guys. And, um, my imagination still fires up. It really does. You know, where it says, um, your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. Very true. And because I have the steps and I have the tools to, you know, breathe deeply and take a look at, is that thought or would that action be moving you towards recovery or the disease? I am... It, I'm, I'm getting that pause a lot more often, and it's lasting a lot longer, too. So, you know, I, I just crack. I, I literally was cracking up when it was being read, am I going to be stupid, boring, and glum? Because um, I've been to, I'm not an alcoholic, but I've been to quite a few AA meetings. and Gentle reminder. We, sorry about that. We, we all, as 12-steppers, crack I mean, we crack me up because there's so much laughter that goes on in meetings and glum. What a crack up. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy G. And where did she read that? Page 152, the first and second paragraph, starting with we have now shown how and ending up with and so will you. Look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs today? Lori T. Mary Lee R. Lee? And Eugene Morgan. Uh, who was that R? Naomi R. Mary Lee. Mary, Mary Lee. Mary Lee R. Thank you. Who else? Janice B. Janice B. Press star one to unmute if you'd like to share. Jeanette G. Jeanette G. Anybody else? Okay. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Let's go with Lori R. Mary Lee R. 
Janice B., Jeanette G., and Sherry K.B. Lori R., please go ahead. Um, thank you so much, Dexter Lori T. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that. That's okay. Thank you so much. Um, gosh, <laughs> so much. And after the shares that were just given, I've had to rethink some things. But a few things that I like about this, um, we've shown how we got from under. And that preceding paragraph talks about two things. One, I can live in a state of sobriety, but I'm still going to want it. And two, if I get back into it, um, I'm not gonna sure which one I want the most, either this dead-end road of not being sober or this dead-end road of being sober and being miserable. And it says when we've shown you how to get from, from under, to me those are clearly the 12 steps. And so I often hear this business of willingness, and here it says, yes, I'm willing. And I found myself to be willing to do the steps, but perhaps not signing up for this business of being consigned to being stupid, bored, and glum. But then I noticed that phrase, like some righteous people I see. And that is what happens to me every time. It's a judgment. It's a comparison with other people. Who am I to look at righteous people and say that they're stupid, boring, and glum? <clears throat> Perhaps they weren't having the illicit excitation that I was having with food, but I'm in no position to say that they're stupid, boring, and glum. And I think sometimes that um, as an addict who constantly has looked for excitement, mostly so I can get, and fear is exciting. Fear is exciting and it stimulates me to, to be active and to be desperate and to, to, to make a snap decision. And that's what food was. It was like, okay, so now I've done the deed. So now how am I going to cover my tracks? How am I going to make this work in my life? And I have no right to compare myself to righteous people. And there's just so much in here, and I hope I don't lose too much time. But then it says, how must I get along without liquor? How can I? How can I get along food, without food, rather? Have you a sufficient substitute? Meaning I'm still in the bargaining stage. Do you have anything that can do more for me than what food did? And this book says, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny that it doesn't say it's my higher power. It says fellowship. This fellowship can substitute for me what food did for me. It can help me find relief from care, which to me I equate with the stupidity and that's judgment, boredom, with that just a feeling that there's nothing to do, and worry, glumness, is usually for me, when I'm glum, when I'm depressed, I'm usually worried about something. And my imagination will be fired, not my creativity. Gentle reminder. Thank you so much. I think it's important for me to distinguish between my fantasy life and my creative life. When I was in the food, I would fantasize about life of life. Now that I'm not in the food and I'm connected not only to this fellowship and my higher power, my creativity is wide open, but that's different from my imagination of fantasy. And so I just so appreciate this book saying that life will mean something at last. It never did before I got here, and it does now. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Lori T. Mary Lee R., you're up next. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, hooray. Hooray for the higher power. I um, thank you for being of service. This is Mary Lee R. in recovery today in Eugene, Oregon. And I also want to thank Leah this morning for um, encouraging people that don't usually talk to do that. And uh, so here I am. And... Um, Boy, I I was at the convention in Virginia Beach, and I I I got a first class taste of we are definitely not a glum lot, and I'm sure that the same thing occurred um, in the New Jersey convention. And um, yesterday, I was able to attend a face to face um, OA meeting at 7 a.m., which um, I'm so grateful that this meeting is recorded because I can always hear it later. And on the West Coast, it's very early. And um, they spent 45 minutes on the tools. And I um, I just had to take a deep breath and and be grateful that um, I, I no longer, the tools are great, but they're no longer the guiding force of my um, existence. It's my relationship with my higher power, which I choose to call my divine director, my DD. And um, I do realize that I'm not in that embrace when I'm um, in yesterday or tomorrow. And um, lots is happening, and I'm grateful because that's one of my affirmations is lots can happen. And um, I'm just so grateful for the promises and... I'm going through the big book a little bit differently this time, and, and I'm I'm seeing the promises. Um, I know we're in um, a vision for you, but I'm right now in working with others, and, um, you know, you can help when no one else can. That's a promise. You can, can, can secure their confidence when others fail. That's a promise. Remember, they are very ill, and... I am grateful for 10th step because um, when the script doesn't go according to my um, my the way I want it to go, um, I need to um, stop playing God and let my higher power come in. And um, I have a little egg timer with pink sand in it, and um, it tells me I probably have 30 more seconds, but. I just want to share how grateful I am to be on this line and that I know I can't talk to my divine director with my mouth full and I'm grateful I'm not a walking distillery. Thank you for allowing me to share. Pass. Thank you very much, Mary Lee R. Janice D., you're up next, followed by Jeanette G. Thank you. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Grateful to be here and grateful to be opening my mouth and not hiding. Um, so, um, uh, where does it say that? Um, will I, but am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum like some righteous people I know? Well, you know, when I look back at when I was actively 
compulsively overeating before I came back to OA, my my life was not um, anything uh, fantastic. That was for sure. Um, I was like pulling the covers over my head, pretending that I was dead for relief. I was like so unhappy, and um, and I heard about a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, and I knew that the way that that the way I had tried to control and manage my life got me to pulling the covers over my head and pretending that I was dead and shoving popcorn in my mouth so that it was falling out the sides and it it, it was never enough. I, you know, it just did not fill that hole. And um, so um, I, I worked the steps. Um, I... I I dove into the steps and and I had a sponsor but I didn't make I didn't make phone calls I didn't um I was grateful that the tools weren't be, being emphasized and I didn't have to feel the um the shame and guilt of not working the tools perfectly um but I was I was actively working the steps to the best of my ability, but I was still hiding and isolating and not taking advantage of the fellowship. I was still in self-centered fear um, and um, self-doubt and, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, And I found that I would be slipping and sliding, and I saw that I needed I needed a network, I needed people, and that I, I couldn't do it with just me and talking to God. And so um you know, it's it's pain that um motivated me to start reaching out and being uncomfortable, um, stop hiding and um I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Janice B. And um, Jeanette G., you're all up next, followed by Sherry K.B. Hi, I'm Jeanette G., a recovering compulsive overeater in California. And um, I'm so grateful. I hope I can be heard. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm so grateful for this meeting and for the big book. And the thing that really jumped out to me was your imagination will be fired and as, as well as having to be willing to let go of my alcohol, all alcoholic food. I have to let go of my alcoholic thinking and my imagination manifests itself in the if onlys, if only my body was thinner, if only my children behaved, if only, if only, if only, and that imagination needs to be fired. And also my other um, part of my disease imagination is my catastrophic thinking. And, um, you know, when all of that imagination starts to happen, um, then 
the line before it, I am gripped by care slash worry. Um, I don't know about boredom. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I feel like, um, yeah, I can't even comment on that. But um, I, I'm such an anxious person. I think it's more the, like what I heard, the um, the desire to not have not being able to sit still. And um, so, yeah, I have to um, fire that alcoholic thinking so that I can be released from all of that, um, that I, that drives me to food. And, um, and, you know, the whole talk about substitute, and I definitely can identify my substitute was food for so long um, because I, um, didn't believe I believed in a religious God, but I didn't believe in that power greater than me that was in charge. And so, yeah, my substitute was coming into these rooms and this group being a power greater than me telling me there was hope and then also getting a sponsor and, you know, the fellowship and my sponsor working me um, and working the steps led me to the substitute of having a relationship with my higher power. And um, and I think that, you know, continuing to stay aligned, which takes work, you know, because my imagination wakes up before me and it decides to try to tell me all kinds of nonsense. And um, unless I go back to the substitute of the program, working the steps, um, communicating with my sponsees and my sponsor, then I'm going to be right back into the alcohol, um, which is alcoholic food for me and alcoholic thinking. So um, I'm just so grateful to be here and for a solution. So and with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Jeanette G. Sherry KB, you're up next. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line, and welcome to anybody who's new. Um, the couple of things here, um, when it says that, you know, how can I get along without liquor, um, you know, without eating, uh, but how can I? And, you know, what do you have, what is a ah, good substitute? Well, you know, I look at the promises, and like, for example, on uh, page 83, it talks about we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Um, and that's in step, those are one of the nine step promises. And then in step 10, it talks about that we will um, seldom be interested in liquor, and if tempted, we will recoil from it as from a hot flame. And so, you know, it's telling me that if I go through this work and do the book and get recovered, that I'm not going to have a problem with this, that I'm going to find a new substitute. And the substitute is, you know, honestly feeling useful um, and working with others and actually living my life instead of just surviving it, which I did in the past when I was in the food all the time. And then on page 133, it talks about we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And so, you know, I, I think about how, you know, um, and it, then it says that you will be released from boredom, um, care, care, boredom, and worry, and your imagination will be fired. And, you know, when I was in the food, I was in such a fog and such a, like, a sugar haze that I didn't have clarity. And when I, when I got, when I put the food down and I got into this work, I started having a lot more clarity. And I started realizing that my life got small when I was in the food with the drapes drawn and face down on the food and just it was the television and me and the food. And 
I'm a social person, but it, you know, when I was in the food, I was like, like a Dr. Jekyll and a Mr. Hyde. And so I know that, you know, every day when I get on this phone bridge and I hear the people and we have laughter and we have tears and you just hear life on this phone. And then being out there and being of service and, and enjoying other people and being able to go to an occasion and think about what I can bring to the occasion rather than what food am I going to get and how can I get by. I, I don't feel those things anymore, and I'm just so grateful, and I love the fellowship. Um, I've made some amazing friends in this program, and you know, I'd mentioned the other day on the line that we started a workshop uh, on Wednesday night, and I, there's such enthusiasm, and when I got home I saw these texts from a bunch of us who were in there who started it and we were just so excited about it and so happy that we could be useful and joyful and just you know I, I go to the occasion to enjoy the people now I don't go to enjoy the food um, and it doesn't I don't talk about food so much anymore I talk more about program and what I'm doing and I'm just so grateful with that I pass thanks thank you Sherry KB we have time for two more just under three-minute shares. Who'd like to comment? John Terry F. John K. and Terry F. I, I think I got John and either Terry or Carrie. So Carrie. John. Thank you, Carrie. Um, so if you both keep it to about two and a half minutes, we'll be in perfect condition. <laughs> John K., please go ahead. Okay. Actually, I'm going to. Uh, my name is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. You know, I just, I always find that line, am I, am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, which cracks me up. It's like the typical drama of a newly recovered uh, addict. Um, and it also reminds me of that line from the AA 12 and 12, which says, what will become of me? I'll look like the hole in the donut. You know? Well, that, you know, that one's talking about step three. But the point is, anybody who's been around the program for a while, especially the Vision for You group, and you'll know it's quite the opposite. Anybody who's been to either of these conventions knows it's quite the opposite. Or the birthday party we have here in L.A. every year, it is not a plum lot. We absolutely insist upon enjoying life, it says in the book. And But, you know, I had these exact thoughts when I came into my first program, and I just wanted to share something my first sponsor said that was, for me, one of the most inspirational things I ever got from a person one-on-one. He said, I'm trying to remember how he said He said, if you recover from your addiction, your future is limitless. You know, there's almost nothing you can't do if you set your mind to it, especially because you'll be given these new tools that the stuff will give you. But if you're an addict and you're still into your substance, there's really only one thing you're going to be interested in, and that's where and how to get more of that substance. And I can tell you, it was absolutely true. You know, when I came into this program, I could barely talk to you one-on-one, eyes on looking at the ground. And, you know, within a few years, you know, I'm a stand-up comic and, and occasionally performing in front of literally thousands of people. And that's, you know, through the grace of God, through these steps, through working this program and the words in this big book. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you, John. Um, Carrie S., you're up now, and and you could take a full three minutes because John was quick. (laughs) Thank you very much. And, Irene, we hope to hear from you next meeting. Thank you for for chiming in. This is Carrie. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. Good morning, fellows. This is Carrie S., recovered in Colorado. 
Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. When I first came in five years ago, there wasn't a meeting in my little town. And I knew within eight months of being in program that this was for me, that I wanted a meeting in my town. And it, it's, it's actually not that difficult. So if you're out there and you don't have a fellowship in your town, it is, it is pretty, it's pretty simple to put together a meeting. Find a little church. Find a meeting place. And it is so amazing to watch the people that keep coming back and the fellowship grow up about me. And I just want to celebrate here in Colorado. The big books, the big book is alive and ticking. And it, we've started a couple different vision for you meetings here. Granted, they're only a couple times a month, but if your big book is not alive and well in your face-to-face meeting, uh, bring it, set it in front of you, crack it open. And during your group conscience, you can be the one that suggests maybe we look at the big book more than once a month. Uh, that's happened here in Colorado. A couple meetings have changed the format where, you know, we look at the big book more than once a month. And so it's it's amazing to be able to share this message that life will mean something at last. And um, I'm so grateful to be out of the food. It, it is, it's, if you're out there and you're suffering, and it's confusing hearing all this happy, joyous, and free talk on the phones. Just know that it is possible. It is real. And, um, yeah, I guess I don't have three minutes to share, but I'm so grateful to be abstinent. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you so much, Carrie S. And thank you to everybody that has shared. We will now transition the meeting um, by reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, welcoming newcomers, and getting numbers from available sponsors. So please stay for that and some announcements. Um, So, Stephanie, will you please read A Vision for You? It would be my pleasure. Good morning, everyone. It's Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.